We are It's Just a Hill, a cycling club that promotes inclusion, judgment-free with no gatekeepers. Focused on creating content from behind the handlebars to in the studio, It's Just a Hill is producing videos and podcasts to spread the message that cycling is for everyone. We are focused on reminding everyone that riding your bike can help you overcome any obstacle because after all, it's just a hill. Hello and welcome to another episode of the It's Just a Hill Cycling Podcast. I am John Senning and I am joined as I have been for the past month. We've been doing this for a month now. Wow. BSP and Cal. Hi. Hello. Hi, John. Hi, guys. The tour is over, but we're going to talk about that in just a bit. How are you? Okay. We rode our bikes right. pretty far yesterday. We can fake pleasantries for a second. That's how podcasts work. You fake pleasantries at the top, even though we've talked before. But we had a big ride yesterday, and it would be fun to talk about that first. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm a little tired, but I'm, I'm good. Yeah. How are you feeling? Tired. Tired. Not, not too bad. Yeah, we rode, um, well, some, Cal and I rode 200 miles. Brian rode how many? Uh, 155. 155. Hell yeah. My, my longest ride ever. Longest, like, biggest ride. Same for you, Brian? My longest in miles, but yeah. not climbing. Not most elevation, because Greylock yeah. is more, but more yeah. hours on the exactly. bike. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Just shy of three miles of my biggest ride. Shy, Ooh. three miles yeah. shy, yeah. So you've done 205 before. 205. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, we rode up to Wachusett and back. Have you guys been up to Wachusett before? This might be like fourth or fifth time, probably. Yep. Yeah. On the bike. Yeah, I yeah. used to live in Boston, so it, right. it'd be about a century from, from yeah. Boston to out there and back. Nice. And is that generally a hilly route or no? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Moderately. For that area, it's kind of standard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You've been up it before? Not on a bike. I think I've only been on it for snowboarding. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever been there. I oh, just really? know the jingle. What's the jingle? You want me to sing it? Uh, if I don't you want know to. The jingle. I think we should just insert it into the. We should just you, put it right. in. You know? And then we'll all know for sure what it is. Right. Because right. I feel like my wife and I have a. Uh, it's not an argument, but always like a in the background like discrepancy of what the melody is. Well, then can we talk about it? Because I do want to talk about it. Then it's a good jingle. You don't I, know it at I've all. Never heard of this. No, okay, no. so there's a jingle like it was played on the radio when we were kids, and it's like why why watch you sit, watch you sit mountain mountain skiing minutes away. You never heard that? No, I guess because I was too far away in Connecticut. Wow. Do you yeah. know it? That's that's uh, what I basically what I would have said. I like sped Except it up the last the last line minutes away. Uh huh. Do you think are there multiple verses where they say different things? So I think there are multiple versions and not versions, but like verses of it. Maybe, but the reason I know it's minutes away is because I had this exact same conversation with Jeremy last <laughs> night, and we looked it Did up. Did you really? When Cal went oh, to go pick up last up. night, we looked it up last night and listened to it, and so. Wow. It plays at the end of the commercial. This is so fucking not about cycling. <laughs> but the Wachusett Mountain. So, Cal, you grew up in Western Connecticut. Yeah. So you're not hearing Wachusett Mountain. No, we had no. a different mountain out there. Yeah, different mountain to yeah. go ski at. Yeah. Makes sense. But, um, yeah, so Minutes Away are also Leading the Way is the other one in my memory. What's your okay, cool. alternate All right. verse? So, said, I'll bleep her name. Okay, yeah. Uh, leading the way. She always said leading the way. Leading the way. Yeah. And I didn't really, I didn't really away. remember that part of the melody, so right. I could never really. So if people are know, listening and you're local to the Southern New England area, let us know in the comments <laughs> what you think about the ending of the watch you sit mountain jingle. <laughs> um, I really can't believe I sang it, but yeah, 
It sounded yeah. really good, though. It sounded awesome. Thanks. I really didn't try my hardest. I could have done a lot better. Harry is obviously upset with me. Harry! Spotlight stealer. Um, okay, so yeah, 202 point. This is my Strava. It was 202.8 miles, 12,119 feet of elevation uh, on the bike. Moving time, 11 hours and six minutes. 18.3 average, which was solid. Felt good about that. I was expecting 18. Um, 147 watts, which is good. Nice low power. And uh, this was very interesting. This was the most interesting to me. About 50,000 rotations of pedals. Uh, 74 RPM for 666 minutes. That's what 11 hours and six minutes totals to. 666 minutes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's almost like you planned it. But imagine, I mean, really, if you think about it, kind of wild. Spinning your legs that many times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the pace was good. We, I only spent 11 minutes over threshold the whole ride. So, you know, perfect. We kept it pretty. When was that going up? Probably. Yeah. 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 Um, How'd you feel about your effort across the whole uh, ride, Brian? Um, felt like we had a really good pace going. Yeah. Um, for most of it, you know, leading up to it. We met you around mile had, uh, 25. Yeah. About 25, 26. I met you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. I felt it was, it was a pretty good pace all around. I was, I was a bit nervous um, coming off that 125 from a couple of weeks ago where we did like, yeah. 125 at something like 19.3 or 19.5 and it was hot and humid and I had a rough day, but, mm. um, yeah, it was good. There was a lot of people. Yeah. And like the pace 14 was good, at one and point. We, we I think. were all feeling, I think we were all in agreement about keeping it chill and, yeah. um, maybe a couple spicy Hills on the second half. Yeah. Uh, but I think overall it was a pretty manageable day. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Did you guys have fun. any, uh, high points or low points on the ride? My high points were the 40 milligrams of edibles I ate <laughs> on the bike. And my low point was probably like, I don't know, mile 140 or something, which was my, just like the darkest place. Yeah. Cause it's not quite 150. 150. I've said this before on the podcast. When I ride a hundred miles, Harry is unreal. When I ride a hundred miles, as soon as I get to 51 mentally, I might as well be done Yeah. because I'm halfway done. So for me, it's all about checkpoints. And so at that point in the ride, I was like, what checkpoint am I at? And I felt like in, um, uh, you know, checkpoint purgatory, if you will, that I was like, fuck, I'm not at like 150. We had, we hadn't stopped at Harmony Corner Store yet. I was going to ask before yeah. Harmony. I think it was yeah. before Harmony Corner Store. So yeah, once we stopped the there, that's stretch. when I took my jersey off and soaked it. It was hot and humid, and a few of us like took jerseys off, soaked our backs, soaked our helmets, our jerseys, or whatever. Um, it was like getting salt and stuff on you was like inevitable because how hot and sunny it was. So even if you drank a lot of water, you still were like really salty. And um, yeah, so I actually think that was probably my real high point was mm -hmm. there because like. It felt like it was the home stretch, even though we were stopping one more time. We stopped once more at Onico after you left us. Um, mm -hmm. But at that point, there were only like 26 miles or something, which to me felt, you know, like a drop in the bucket. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, low point was probably 10 miles before the high point <laughs> at Harmony Corner Store. Yeah. What yeah. about you, Brian? Yeah. Uh, high point? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Say Pro it. Probably Say the it. top of the mountain. Hell yeah, dude. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? You know? Yeah. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, and it, it was it was definitely an interesting climb. I haven't done that many like kind of more true climbs like that. Yeah. Um. So I you know I did the Kank Greylock and now watch you sit and um. I don't want to say it felt easy. It's it's not easy. No, but, but like knowing mentally and physically what Greylock felt like, mm-hmm. basically for me it was almost at the same distance. Actually, no, Greylock kind of came in at like sixty at that ride, right? Yeah. So I was at mile I think like eighty five. You know, for me going up, right? Watch you sit, but yeah, yeah. It was, the it top was, was like a hundred for us. It. Mm-hmm. it was nice. Yeah, uh, the the me, Jose, and Christian basically did the whole thing together. Nice. Uh, nice. Christian was off the front a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's nice, nice to climb with those. Because guys. Jake got a flat like near the bottom, so yeah. some of us waited and some of us pushed onto the top. Did we were you, all going to do the mountain differently. Yeah, we were all yeah. planning to do it differently yeah, anyway. Yeah. So that's kind of why why we rolled. But yeah. Um, did you guys go back to the start of the segment? Yeah. I didn't. I kept going. You didn't? Okay. I did. Went back around to the rotary and just didn't want to hammer it, but just wanted to have a, right, right. a yeah. number for... Yeah, a more accurate number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, in retrospect, I kind of wish I did, but yeah, whatever. It's all good. I'm not losing sleep. I changed my mind not like on the spot. At first, I was like, I'm just going to go with Cal. And then I said, ah, fuck it. Like, yeah, I could but... see the rotary, you know? So I was just like... That's oh, true. We right were there. pretty close. Yeah. You know, let me just go back real quick. And yeah. it didn't, it wasn't like a, you know, it was an easier enough part of the climb that I like wasn't, I felt like I wasn't adding too much, you know, but the hubris to add an extra uh, half mile <laughs> on a 200 plus mile ride. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like while we're talking about that climb a bit right now, yeah. specifically, I think we got to mention Jeff LaPierre for, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Lost um, his front derailleur. Not having a working front derailleur. Damn. So he did the climb on his big ring. In his big ring, yeah. Did the whole ride on his big ring. Did the big, whole ride on his, his big, big ring. ring. Yeah. I think his ride was around 180 or 183, something wow. like that. Yeah, because he met us with Leon. They were the first yeah. uh, crossover. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, kudos to him. Yeah. I mean, I think it was pretty good, you know? Yeah. A lot of good stops. That mountainside cafe was fun. And um, yeah, yeah it's great. Areas that we haven't really ridden before. So took some chances on some roads, but they were mostly good. There was some busier stuff, but yeah, some yeah. sort of main roads and, yeah. you know, main roads that were kind of a bit long stretches with right. some unfortunate pavement, but you kind of have to. There's that one part where that we point. have to get off our bikes and walk through a like developing neighborhood. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 0.2 miles. Was it bad? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was kind of a nice little break, you know? Yeah, nice break. You get to walk for a second, (laughs) have like a little recovery walk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would do it. I think I would do it again. Would you guys? Yeah. Something similar? Definitely. Yeah. 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 I thought the ride was good. Do a 200 mile ride every year. This is three years in a row for me. So I want to do one every year now. Yeah. 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 I mean, I joked about it on my Instagram. I said the first annual. Yeah. Great. (laughs) So let's do it. (laughs) Slightly alter the route. I don't think I realized that was a joke. It's yeah. not now. <laughs> it's real now. Sounds We're pretty, doing it again next year. That's pretty legit. It's believable. Um, yeah, I guess the... Fun ride, though. Fun ride. Yeah, super fun. Great Fantastic. group. Uh, if it was a little less sunny, that would have been good. But it wasn't... I don't know. It wasn't that oppressive. Only for that one stretch from like mile 110 to one. That's right. 30 or 40. And I think that was the... Yeah. That was a se- yeah, that was a section that, I don't know, that I was struggling at. There was a one like really long, gradual climb that the group like yeah. started to break up and stuff. Yeah. And I think some of us were like, oh boy. We yeah. stopped at a Cumberland Farms not long after that. And we were like, okay, we're going to bring the pace down a little. Yeah, it was on a main road with uh, yeah. no shelter from the sun, just right. exposed, right. baking out there on the climb. Yeah, <laughs> classic. Yeah. And, and climbing up the, uh, obviously our bodies were working harder, h- harder going up the climb. But, yeah. Um, 
there was definitely like most of that climb once you got past the sign or even to the watch you sit sign yeah. was basically all sun. So yeah. I, I felt like it was really oh, true, hot. Like true. as soon as we hit that climb and then our yeah. speed was down, it was just really hot. Yeah. Even was, though it wasn't that hot of a day. I think it was only maybe a high of was, 83 or 85. Uh, yeah. Beautiful coming home at night, like the last like, oh, yeah. 25 miles or so yeah. in Connecticut. It's nice and cool. So evening. nice. It's, it's like beautiful. a push on the way back yeah. with the wind. Yeah. yeah. All right. One last thing before we move on. Is there anything uh, you would you know, do differently, right? Approaching mm-hmm. a 200 mile ride, big day on the bike. We're riding for 11 hours. Um, I can let you guys gather your thoughts. I'll go first real quick, but I think I didn't eat enough at the beginning of the ride. And that's sort of, I think why I, I wouldn't even say I cracked, but I think it started when I, I started to crack when I did was because I hadn't eaten enough, like a hundred miles earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, at that first stop, Brian, uh, Caudy decided to like buy a, a thing of water. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to get any food. And I should have gotten food. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I didn't until the next time I had stuff in my pockets, but that was my biggest, like, you know, I guess snafu of my own ride. What about you, Cal? I kind of wonder if I ate too much actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause I, uh, had a lot of overnight oats yep. uh, at three 30 in the morning and then two bananas, one like with breakfast and then one before the start, 10 miles in. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. And I was yep. eating like every, 10, 20 miles pretty yeah. diligently going yeah. up there. So after the cafe stop in mile 100, like st- I kind of got a bit of a stomach ache, lost all my appetite pretty much until we got to 150. Damn. Um, and then I got hungry again, wanted yeah. to eat again. But yeah, yeah, probably eating too much. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Both sides of the coin there. What do you think? Yeah, yeah I remember you were saying that, Cal, when we were at that Cumberland Farms that you were feeling it. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, th- I think for me, f- uh, feeding as well. Um, I think it's o- it's always tough to start early. I, I, so I get, I think I'm a bit more on your side where I, I think I'm maybe under eight at times and more yeah. towards the beginning because it's always so tough to mm. start your slow drip feeding, you know, at the beginning. Yeah, and just keep drinking and start drinking when you're not hungry or thirsty. Oh man. Um, yeah. Uh, and then I, but then I did also get a bit uncomfortable in my stomach too, like towards the top of the climb and it stuck with me for a little bit. And then, uh, by the time those, we were what, down at the cafe, what were those, uh, what was that strawberry thing you got? Oh, wow. That I forgot I farms. Maybe that made me a little, uh, <laughs> it was like uh, some hostess snack. That was like a strawberry shortcake hostess snack or something. A tart. Yeah. It looks uh, great. I have four or five pictures of ba- you eating it. Baby bunt. Yeah. Baby bunt. Like little bunt cakes. It was a little wow. baby bunt cake. I, I 100% forgot I ate that. Even though I saw the photos that he sent, I forgot I ate that. It is kind of a whirlwind of a day to, to look back on it and think about all that we experienced and stuff like, and then just, just break it down into the rest stops, right? Like the places that we stopped and think about like the events that happened, right? Like you ate those baby bunts. Jeff was like, uh, razoring his, he's yeah. trying to like take a razor blade to the cabling on his front trailer. Yeah, that's so probably can, my like, fault. I was really like. Hey, I was really trying to talk him into well, like trying to make it, you know, get it done. He was, made it help, done. He got it done. Out. Good on him. There's a, we got no, to no, the, like, like I was, tr- I was talking him into trying sure yeah. fix the wire, fix it. Yeah, you know? yeah. We got to the top of what choose it, and there was a like big 
dude up there walking his cat. Oh yeah, oh, I yeah. felt like I was in a dream. I have pictures of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, who was it? It wasn't one of you guys that said it must not have been. Someone told me that uh, they were riding by this guy and he went like bikes before kitties. No, oh, it was you. <laughs> oh fuck. That That's what he me. said, right? <laughs> what did he say? He said that to me. We yeah. was biking by him and he goes bikes before kitties. It was like a tuxedo cat on a leash, <laughs> oh, pulling gosh. him around essentially. And yeah. yeah, at the top of Wachusett. Yeah. It's amazing. That's so, funny. Uh, yeah. I, I think uh, it's fun. Maybe one more thing that that I just thought was a fun thing to mention. Please. Nice, nice thing to mention was um, the, I, I believe this was the person, I could be wrong, but I think it was the person that took the group photo oh. for us. Yeah. Um, was talking to Brian and I don't know who else uh, after he took the photo for us, asked yeah. us about the club and everything. And then I saw that it, that, they commented on yeah, I gave him a Brian's sticker. ride. Yeah. And yeah. the comment said, that's right. You gave him a sticker. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, said it was inspiring to see y'all up at Wachusett. Hope to be like you guys when I'm older. Yeah. And you know, like in your like tired, drained, emotional <laughs> state, like I saw it last yeah, night yeah. and I was just like, Henry, oh, right? My. Is that his name? Henry. Henry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is so nice. What? Oh, it's yeah. so amazing. Yeah, it was great. So nice. Henry was great. He took a picture for us. <laughs> a couple people were so slow getting over to the picture. We were like, hurry up. This person's taking a picture for us. Um, but they're like, yeah, Henry was great. Very nice. Thank thanks, you, Henry. Henry. Yeah, Henry, if you're watching or listening. <laughs> thanks, Henry. Yeah, good photo. Brian hid behind the sign. Do you see him hiding behind that sign? I didn't know he was doing that. I didn't know he was doing that. I was standing <laughs> yeah. right next to him. Yeah. Um, all right. Any, uh, any other final thoughts before we talk about the tour real quick? No. no. That was a great ride. All right, hell yeah, yeah. Great, right. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back to have our final thoughts on this year's Tour de France. Hello, and we are back talking about the Tour de France for the last time this year. Let's all shed a tear and raise a glass to Jonas the Vingago. Um... <laughs> Yeah, Jonas won, Pog came in second, Yates in third. Uh, we don't really need to break down all of the stages, but maybe we uh, talk about... Uh, what I would like to talk about first, actually, was um, what I thought was a very, very exciting tour for the first two weeks. It was sort of after the mm -hmm. day that we spoke last, it um, became a lot less exciting after the the time trial, followed by Col de la Lowe's and... Uh, Jonas pretty much put it in the bag those two days, which I thought was great. Maybe one of the best time trials we've ever seen. But um, Pog called it his worst day on the bike. Mm -hmm. um, he hmm. said that. And Did he, he really? He looked dead. And um, do you guys remember your own personal worst days on the bike? You know, like hmm. yesterday for me was a great day. I feel like, you know, even though I had the issues that I had with, with fueling, um, that would not be what I would consider the worst day I've ever had on a bike. Cal, is there a moment that comes yeah. to mind for you? Well, I think I've actually talked about my worst day on the bike on the uh, podcast, on the podcast the first time when you interviewed me, Yep. um, you know, it happened out in the Berkshires, really tough day back hurting the whole time. Um, but you know, I think one thing that Pog said was that how he, uh, couldn't get any power in his legs. So, you know, he bonked. Um, so actually I do remember my worst bonk, which, yeah. uh, is different from like cracking, you know, just in case listeners or anybody doesn't, it's like a very different feeling when you crack, you know, you, uh, try to hold too many Watts for too long, go anaerobic, uh, all your muscles start to hurt. You can't go on anymore. 
but with bonking, it's like you want to keep riding, but you just don't have any yeah. power in your legs. You know? So it's like there's, there's a disconnect yeah. between your brain and legs. And yeah. And I, I remember the first time it happened to hard me, to describe. uh, I was working at a bike shop. It's in, a great word. They don't really like use it in any other regard. Yeah. Really. <laughs> right. But like, cause cracked makes sense. Yeah. But you, I feel like you can come back from cracks, but you can't come back from bonk. Exactly. Right? Would yeah. you agree? Yeah. You can't come back from bonk. Yeah. So I, I was on a fucking t-shirt. <laughs> I was trying to lead a group ride at the bike shop that I worked at. We had the Saturday group rides. The A group was getting too fast and yeah. we had like ride leaders. So I was the ride leader that day. I was trying to keep it under control. So we spent a lot of time like going to the front, like yelling at people. Hell yeah. Trying to be, stop them from sprinting at like town lines and things like that. And <laughs> we, got, we got to the... Uh, um, uh, we got to the last climb, which is like a climb I've done a hundred times and just, yeah, all of a sudden there was no power in my legs and I just got like so hungry instantly. And like, even though I had like the fight in my head, yeah. like that I wanted to keep pushing, I just had no power all of a sudden couldn't keep going. And it was like the slowest I've ever crawled up that climb. It's terrible. Uh, so yeah. Do you have a... You ever bonk, bonk really yeah. hard, worst day on the bike? Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever talked about it on the podcast, but coincidentally, I was, I was just talking about it uh, with Nate recently, like maybe last week or the week before, last time we were riding together. Um, it was pretty early on in, in my riding days. Uh, it was probably June or July of 2020. Uh, I was... Uh, at the time I was doing a lot of fasted riding, yep. uh, but they were all probably anywhere from like 15 to 25 mile rides on average, yeah. just like for the routine of it, you know, it was just, hour and a half, it was just what hours. I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Maybe 30 miles, something like that, like relatively even paced. But that morning I decided to try for a 50 miler with Nate. Totally fasted. Totally fasted. Not eating like, at all. Yeah, not like right, wow. like on a probably like already a twelve hour fast or you know yeah, like yeah. no breakfast. I'm just gonna keep fasting and yep. do this ride. But I did bring food, knowing that I might need it. Sure, I should really have it. But I remember exactly where I uh, where I fully bonked and had to stop. And Nate remembers the whole thing too because I was just like I was definitely gone. Yeah, like my my body temperature was like just felt through the roof. So I mean maybe hydration had something to do with it as well, mm. but just like through the roof, mentally panicking, completely out of energy, just like never, I've never felt like that before and just had to stop, get under a tree, relax for like five or 10 minutes, really? ate, ate some Love like that. bar that I had. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was terrible. It was like the corner of, um, maybe 10 rod and Lafayette. Wow. Is that it? Do those two roads come together? Yeah. Say going going west on Ten Rod and then left onto Lafayette, maybe. Uh huh. Some recent like, bear like sighting that. on Lafayette Road. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting spot. I think I saw some bear scat in the woods today. That's for my other podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. How about you? Um, well, interesting. Like, so the worst time I feel like I ever bonked was maybe my first or second century, hmm. and it was with uh, my dad and Jared. 
And I also remember exactly where I was when it happened. Um, and I think it's just because I didn't feel properly. Um, but it was, you know, in East Greenwich, like over by Cars Pond. And I was heading back to my parents' house at the time, which was in Coventry. So probably eight or so miles remaining. And it was the worst eight miles of my life. Wow. Because I truly bonked. It was like, I got nothing. Yeah. Nothing in the tank. And it is generally up, up Cars Pond Road is... Uh, is up it's an uphill that's like where i remember it happening i had to like stop and i was like fuck um so up the rest of that was like excruciating uh and then the rest of it is downhill and i still remember it being excruciating i remember getting to my parents garage and just like laying on the cement <laughs> in, uh, in the garage and it was truly because i hadn't fueled properly you know i brought like two gels and probably like filled my bottles at narragansett beach or something mm -hmm. you know uh, wow. So it wasn't like I was putting calories in it or anything. I think of fueling so much differently now than I did then or even than I did two years ago because this isn't necessarily like a bonk story, but uh, 2021, I rode like a bunch of – like I was counting centuries. Okay. And uh, the first one I did of the year was with Brian in Newport. We started at Fort Adams and like went over to like Tiverton and came back. And I – did that ride fasted and wow. at mile 83 we got coffee and i that's when i ate for the first time i got a coffee and like ate something and i felt like a fucking god <laughs> when i ate that food yeah. like i was like so in the zone and i had like good tunnel vision you know like i was so focused i felt like i was in like a fugue state or something yeah. um but by the time i got back to the parking lot that was gone it was like there was like a mix of like adrenaline and like the caffeine and uh i was like okay this is like yeah, the not, caffeine and sugar hit right away you know just, it hit me and it was like i was at like mile 83 so I only had like an hour to go you know so it was like enough mm. but i remember driving home and being like wow i'm dead <laughs> and i think i definitely had like different legs then now that i do a lot more like endurance type of stuff. That's what I like to do. You know, I'm not someone that like races a lot. I just like, like to be on my bike for a long amount of time. I think about the way that I eat differently. Um, for me, fasting was a big part of like how I lost weight. And so I was like, Oh, this will be great. It'll keep my calories down. But like, do not diet on the bike diet when you're not riding, you diet when you're not, do not diet on the bike and like eat early and eat often. <laughs> And like the 50 mile thing is interesting. Cause I think to me, it's like a two hour, two hours, like the cutoff for, ha for having to eat on the bike yeah. or even for having to put calories in my bottles. If I'm doing an hour and a half, I don't really need to put food in my pocket, nor do I even need to put calories in my bottles. I could just survive on water. Right. Yeah. But like two hours, two and a half hours, I'm at least putting something in my pocket and probably, you know, some sort of mix, whatever I'm, I'm using tailwind right now, which worked well for me yesterday. Yeah. 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 Wednesday morning worlds was the really fast ride I did when yeah. I lived in Boston and yeah. that starts at 6am. It's 35 miles. Uh, I would routinely do that fasted. Yeah. Um, even though it's really fast, you know, you're done by seven 30. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and then you're no, eating after no issues. Yeah. yeah. Even though it was like, you know, a lot Still of hard. Like, threshold efforts. Yeah. yeah. Um, Interesting. There's no, I've done our fast Fridays. Yeah. Those are a little bit shorter, but fasted yes. and then gone in like, yeah. you know, hammered a burrito at uh, TLC exactly. afterwards. Because that is really what I think is important is like getting those calories in you after like, um, we, so we ate a bunch of like, uh, Asian pan Asian food. Some of us got Thai, some of us got Chinese food and stuff yesterday. Um, what did you eat after the ride yesterday? We didn't even talk about that. 
even though we're still talking about the tour. <laughs> Did you eat anything like great? We uh, also had Reese's ice cream cake. No, I no. Well, I ate. That's really why I wanted no, you to I didn't come eat here anything, so you could like, have ice cream cake. Super fun, like ice cream cake yeah, or anything. Yeah. But uh, right when I got home, I had. Um, you know what? <laughs> I don't even remember. More baby bunts? <laughs> I don't fucking remember. You don't remember? Uh, All right, we're I, moving no, on. First thing I had, I don't remember. I do remember a little while later, I had just like some ground turkey and brown rice that I had in the fridge. Wow, very healthy. I had left over because I was like, oh, I, need, I just need something. And then my plan was I had some pulled pork from my brother-in-law. Great. That my family had had like earlier in the day yesterday. Yep. And I wasn't, you know, there for the get together. So you were with they us. gave me some. So I made, yes, I was with you guys on the ride. <laughs> yeah. So I, <laughs> I made uh, a pulled pork sandwich with barbecue sauce and coleslaw and Ooh. a really nice, like big, soft, like almost like potato bun. Uh, kind of like roll, torpedo roll kind of thing. Make and I hungry. wrapped it up in foil and then I took it over to the Future Dad's gig. Wow. in Rehoboth that I sat and watched and I, I stopped at a Dollar General on the way over because we were also celebrating someone's birthday Yeah, and they they frantically texted me saying well, we, we forgot get... plates and forks is there any way you can grab them because I was going there separately because yeah. I, I was late and uh, you did all this after you <laughs> yeah. rode this was your Sunday night yeah this night. is what I did last night yeah my god so then I was like as soon as I saw that text I pulled into a Dollar General got plates and cups and i grabbed a fanta so then i was sitting in a field wow, fanta is not what i would have i was gonna i was thinking arnold palmer or something you know fanta. i just I, I wanted something uh without caffeine without like, caffeine. but i want sugar like a soda sounds yeah. really freaking good right you deserve now. a sweet treat so i, I got a fanta and then i sat Baby in Bunt, a field fanta. watching my own band play a show that's great and they sounded awesome wow. and i ate a pulled pork sandwich and had a fanta wow and a couple of beers that rules. <laughs> that is a productive yeah. evening. Yeah, that rules. <laughs> but I was uh, very tired by the time I got home. I bet. Wow. Um, so, yeah, worst day on the bike. Thanks. A lot, try not to bonk. Eat more baby bunts. And, uh, yeah. Um, Guys, some other. I, the baby bunts weren't good. I don't think they didn't just, look good. I just want to be clear about this. <laughs> they didn't look good. There I, are plenty of great. other hostess options. <laughs> they weren't very good. Man, Oniko had the peanut butter cookies. They haven't had. Oh, they them had last, the cookies. They hadn't had them like the last two or three times I went. They only had the chocolate. <sighs> Dang. Man, I ate a lot of great food yesterday. Salted caramel bar mm. and that freaking. I uh, can't. All right, we yeah. got to move on. Um, I could just talk about just the food we ate. Um, so a couple other things. Uh, the, towards the end, Sep crashed and ended up out of tenth place. We were talking about him a lot previously on the show. Yeah. That was it was kind of a tragic end for the Americans in this tour. Yeah. Jorgensen um, ended up leaving. Uh, no more GC Kuss and uh, Palace was in polka dots for almost two full weeks, right? Mm. And then lost him to Chicone, who wore too many polka dots. <laughs> Early on, too. He, right away. As soon as he it got it, right he away. went full polka dot. Full. Head unit. Helmet. Glasses. Jer skin suit. Socks. Bike. No, bike not till the end, right? Yeah. Bike wasn't mm. till the end. I didn't um, see the socks. Socks. I wasn't yeah. looking too closely at him, to be fair. Um, so I sort of talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, Cal and I briefly... I, there was like a quick question yesterday, and... I think it was Jeremy was like, was it more exciting than last year? And I immediately went, yes. And Cal went, no. So I'm, I'm curious off the cuff. What's your reaction? Was this year's tour more exciting than last year? I want to say yes. Uh-huh. 
I don't know if that's just because it's so much closer in my memory. So that's what I think my issue was. Recency or, bias is like a real thing. Or, or was it the case? Now I don't know if this is true. I guess I'm asking. Did this did this year stay closer between the two of them longer than it did last year? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was also Stage like a very two. sort of a different progression. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely a different progression. All, yeah. Oh, sorry, all of week two, it, it was the time gap was very close within like forty yeah. seconds, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas last year was it? It was like eleven or twelve that um, the jersey flipped. On the the stage. stage. Yeah, yeah the yeah. stage. Yeah. Uh, so for me, you know, last year, progression, I guess, yeah. going yeah. into it, the whole, nobody thought, nobody knew if Pogacar could get beaten going, right. going into yeah. last year. So that was like, he just won two in a row. Yumbo uh, kept having bad luck at the tour. And so, and Pog took the yellow jersey early. We also had, you know, Wow in the yellow jersey. Right. So there was some really exciting stages. There. We had a cobbled stage last year. True. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Um, and then Pog's in yellow. He's dominating the sprints, getting yeah. time bonuses, extending his lead. And then that the Col de Grenon stage was just so amazing to see. I agree. To see Yumbo basically Roglic. That two that two sided attack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, teaming up yeah. on him. Such a great stage. stage. And then after that, Pog kept fighting back, fighting back, and you know, ended up not being able to really to take much time at all out of yeah. finger guard. But still, um, I it was it, it held your suspense right up until stage twenty. Yeah. I would say. This tour was still exciting. Uh the GC battles were really close. Oh, hundred percent. And I thought even mm. after the GC was decided, those stages we got. Oh, we're great. Were Breakaway days. And well, yeah. Um, but I think just from like an overall narrative perspective, like when you look at the race as a the whole right. story last year's, you know, captivated my attention a little Unchained bit. Unchained season two is set for failure. Well, this, I think Unchained will be better because we get to see Pog this year. Yeah, we get to see Pog. So that's like news that's come out, right? Is that UAE is participating, but it's it is all footage that they are shooting and editing themselves. Oh. They are not even just giving them raw footage. They are even going to edit it. So the team is mm. heavily involved in what Netflix will get to see, mm. which immediately, immediately to me skeptical makes me skeptical oh, yeah skeptical. but it is it is it is interesting yeah. but i i do agree that last year's when i actually stepped back and put my recency bias in check it was more exciting throughout because of the gc battle and i wanted to watch more minutes of more stages last year than i did this year because once the gc was in the bag i wasn't ready to watch seven hours of cycling every single day mm -hmm. you know whereas uh you know if I'm, I'm putting on like the gcn live show before if i can even if it's like while i'm stretching or like while i'm like eating breakfast or like doing laundry or whatever like it's on and after you know after that time trial followed by code Lowe's, it was like okay i'll watch like to see like where the breakaway happened and like what's this and that and I'll, i'm keeping up with it you know but last year was was totally different um but that TT, the TT that Jonas did. It was amazing. It was maybe one of the best time trials ever ridden. Mm. And he did the perfect recon. He hit every corner perfectly. And uh, I just like, if, did you see the clip of Pog and Jonas side by side coming out of the start gate and into the first corner? 
Jonas is yeah. legitimately a second and a half to two seconds faster when he hits that first corner. It's incredible. The first corner, two seconds. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So absolutely incredible. Mm. Um, yeah. And um, I guess. So the, Pog said that the TT was his worst day. No, Cote Los, the next oh, day. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That the next sense. day. Yeah. How could you get still get second on that TT and say it was the worst day? Yeah, no, Pog had a great TT. That's not what right. Happened. It was he yeah. did look tired, yeah. and he looked even more tired the next day. I think even you know you mentioned how we've never we didn't really know if he could be beat uh, leading into the 2022 tour. Jonas beats him, but he still was very much there the whole time. He's still very much like that Pog that's like smiling a lot and is super charismatic and and all that. That Pog disappeared for two stages essentially in this tour. The end of the TT, even just the look on his face as he came across the line, he looked spent. He looked sick, almost like Remco looked during the Giro, where he had that, like, mm. you know, Remco had COVID at the time, but that very similar, like, soul out of his body thing. And then on when that clip of him talking to his DS, like, I'm dead, you know, ride for Adam, get Adam the podium. I mean, Pac still came in second. Yeah. He still came in second in this tour. He still had a great tour. He had two or three bad days. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, that, I guess that's, I guess that should go, can go into the next thing that we're going to talk about because there's this whole Jonas's boring narrative that I see online a lot. And a lot of like Pog is this exciting, charismatic guy. And a, I don't think that they should be heroes or villains. And B, I think um, calling Jonas boring Hopefully it doesn't like affect him to hear it, but it's like, I don't know. I've even, I even said it on the podcast before. So like, I guess I apologize for saying that. No, I do apologize for saying that, but like, what about, about the like hero and no, no, no. So, so to me, I root for Yumbo and I like root, I want Jonas to win, but it's not like I, I I guess I've, I said I wanted Pog to be a villain in the past, but he doesn't really (laughs) check that box for me. Not the way that like, 50% 50% of the riders on little Trek do, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but, but this whole, like, um, there's just a lot of shit online and I guess I should just spend less fucking time on cycling Twitter, but like, of like Pog has cyclismo and fucking Jonas doesn't. And like, they ride a boring tour and they, I don't think they ride a boring tour. And like, I, I feel like I've watched quote unquote boring tours before, like, the team sky days or like the postal service days. And so like, I mean, Cal, what do you think about that? Like the comparison? Yeah. Well, I think the two points there, um, you know, people have compared Yumbo to sky and, yeah. and, uh, how, and even postal and how they made the race boring because they dominated it. Right. Uh, like they would just shut years. down everything, right? They're riding on yeah. the front. They're shutting down every break there. Um, first of all, I think Yumbo is a lot more exciting than those teams. Yeah. Because they have other riders like Wout and Laporte who can also win. Yep. Um, they're not afraid to go in the break. Uh, Team Sky riders never went in the break. Um, and people made the same. People were starting to act like Pog was going to dominate the race for the next 10 years when he won his first two in a row. And people were at, speculating about him doping. Uh, they were worried that he was going to make the race boring, that no one could beat him. Yep. But now as soon as he starts coming in second place, people love him. Uh, cycling right. fans and especially mm. French fans, uh, uh, French fans seem to admire second place finishers more almost. And I guess maybe they're like, 
That's just um, an issue with French cycling because they got to reassess everything going yeah. on over there. I don't even, we could get into that whole, they must, I mean. Maybe that's why I always root for an underdog. It's like uh, French Canadian background. I just, I always want the underdog. Yeah. That's what you think. Maybe. Maybe. Theory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I agree. Jumbo is so much more exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, you ever, you ever get just like someone shove a camera in your face? <laughs> You know, that sucks. And you just like did this full effort and you are decide to like dedicate. I don't know. It's interesting because like they are here to part of what they do is entertainment, mm-hmm. but that's just a part of it, right? Like to me, racing is the more important part. And you look at teams like Yumbo who take things like very seriously from what I can tell, right? Like this whole beer drinking thing that's been going on that they've been are you are you aware of this i saw something yeah 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 right like calling other teams out about drinking on the rest day yeah well so they're like i don't want i don't want to get into the whole doping side of things but there was doping allegations right for yumbo and then the yumbo ds isn't really speaking to that specifically but he's just like um well we're not spending the rest days drinking beer we're not spending rest days fucking he didn't say this but fucking doing flips into pools like hog was you know like (laughs) So there is something to be said about a team like Yumbo that takes things very seriously. And does that mean that like Jonas needs to be this like guy that's like doing this to the camera in the middle of a stage, like fucking Pog did last year when he was like, we're eating or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I like it doesn't, they don't need to be in, in real life. I don't even think they hate each other. I think this is more like how the media portrays it and how like fans portray it. But like, I don't know. Can't like, can't we all just get along, you know? Mm. And can't like they be different people because all of a sudden, I think it's like great you that said, different people. They, yeah, like you said, the narrative has flipped now because it, can Pog ever lose? And now it's like, can Jonas ever lose? When Jan Ulrich was racing the tour, it was like, will Jan Ulrich ever lose? It always happens. Yeah. And like we're in a golden age of cycling, a truly a golden age of cycling. The, we're gonna the let's talk. Can we talk about the Vuelta real quick? Jonas is going to the Vuelta a, with Primos. Yeah. Remco's going to the Vuelta. It's going to be wild. G's going to the Vuelta. Yeah. It's what be the amazing. fuck? Sep's going to the Vuelta. Sep is going to the Vuelta? <laughs> so I had a debate with some of my other friends today, actually, that they, they thought Jonas going to the Vuelta would make it more boring um, because they thought he was just going to dominate it. Yeah. Uh, but first off, the winning both the Tour and the Vuelta in the same year is extremely hard. Oh, absolutely. Room tried it like five or six did times he really before he finally pulled it off wow. um i didn't know that five or six yeah. times yeah he, i mean wow not everyone can peak 11 months of the year like pog you know yeah. like Jonas didn't do anything after the tour last year and we're finally gonna get to see remco race Jonas, which we've never seen never seen yeah right mm-hmm. and so we i really want to know how they're gonna match up yeah. yeah i think that's gonna be awesome that's in just about a month right yeah. And I hope that we can get back together and talk about some of that stuff. The Vuelta. Yeah. We also got yeah. Worlds in two weeks. Yeah. Worlds is also in two weeks. Um, so I guess let's, let's, um, what, so Worlds is in two weeks. It's this big event. It's in, it's in Glasgow, Glasgow, Glasgow. Glasgow. Okay. Uh, Scotland. Mm-hmm. And it's the, is it the first time they're doing it this way, Cal? Can you explain to us how they're doing it all, all these things together? Yeah. So all the, uh, Various disciplines right. of cycling are having their world championship in the same two weeks. At the same time. This year, which yeah. from now on, every four years, they're going to do this. 
normally it's more spread out where like mountain biking will have its world championship in I don't know what it is, July or something like that. And then Rhodes is mm -hmm. in September. Uh, but now, yeah, we're going to have track, mountain, and road. Uh, and I think maybe BMX too. I'm not sure. Yeah, BMX, know. yeah. Uh, all in the same two weeks. And uh, indoor Yeah. as well. And um, the course for roads this year is wild. Yeah. it's They ride from uh, the other, Belfast, mm -hmm. uh, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. To Glasgow. And then they do the same circuit, circuit. Uh, a bunch of times. And the circuit is like more than 30 turns. It's like a turn. Is it really? It's like a turn every 50 meters. It's, wow, it's like riding in Rehoboth. Every 500, 500 meters. It's insane. Wow. It's like a giant four or five hour long crit. So. Um, Not all teams have confirmed start lists, but like uh -huh. the Belgian team does. Which is a wild team, with Wout and Remco and Jasper uh, Philipson. Tish Benu is also on there. Nathan Van Hoydonk. So, uh, who else? Oh, France has their team. Looks like Philippe. Christophe Laporte is also on that team, oh. which could be interesting. People, a lot of people are saying this is a good course for Vanderpool uh -huh. racing for the Netherlands, right? With Dylan Van Barl and uh, Pascal Ancorn and. Uh, Everyone's favorite young wonderkind, Olive Coy. You know what would be amazing? What? La Christoph Laporte. Laporte gets leads into a break out. with Wow and yes. leads him out and re repays him for that uh, that race win, win at, back in the spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the U.S. team is interesting. Magnus Sheffield, uh, Sean Quinn, Nielsen Palace, Lawson Craddock, Matteo Jorgensen, and uh, Quinn Simmons. Um, yeah, team's a little beat up, uh, hopefully. Sepp is not on this list. no. He's not uh, doing it. He's got to focus on the Vuelta. Yeah. Three grand tours for Sepp Plus this year. If it was a climbing world championship, right. he'd be there. But otherwise, like, yeah. what's the point? That that team does. I think they can fill out that team a little bit more. Um, any other super exciting teams? I mean, it'd be cool to see like Simon Clark do well from Australia. I don't really care for, you know, um, Vanderpool. About, uh, or, Canadian team. Oh, yeah. Derek G. Derek G. I don't see anyone on the preliminary start list for that. For that. Not on um, mm. pro cycling stats, at least not at the moment. George Bennett for New Zealand. Um, yeah. So it's going to be super exciting. I can't wait. Time trial two was while doing both. I don't I think he play. is. I think I, I feel like he said he wasn't because in the mm. past he has and maybe he hasn't been able to focus. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I don't know why I'm speaking out of turn. Um, you said Magnus Sheffield was on the start list. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Is he he's doing the TT as well? I think so. Yeah. Um, him so. and. Um, Sheffield and who else is doing? No, because um, wait, is isn't it, uh, Brandon McNulty supposed to be on that team? Oh yeah, maybe he's there. He's not on this list, but I thought Magnus Sheffield and Brandon McNulty that. they were doing the TT, right? Because you picked two guys to do the TT from the team. Yes, it's only two of the entire team. I'm pretty sure, but he's not on this list here in pro cycling stats. It is a, it is a light list. It's only no, six is it guys. A, is it a two man Brandon time trial? Brandon is just doing the time trial. Oh, he's only doing the time. Yes. trial. No, it's a one person. It's a one person. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you get to pick two from okay. your country. Is the time are the times cumulative then? No, it's just just okay. Yeah. Interesting. Why do they do that? How? Why don't they just have everyone um, do both? Some in the people road just discipline? aren't uh, time trial specialists, and they probably have fewer slots made available to them. Ben Healy's um, racing it. Whew. The amount of riders you can send to a, a race in Worlds is dependent upon like how your country 
does, does. with UCI points. Okay, with UCI yep. points. Yeah. So that's why Belgium Belgium has nine riders. Oh wow. Okay. Yep. Cool. I didn't realize that. And Morocco has zero listed. So sorry, Morocco. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, exciting. And that's in a couple weeks. And a couple weeks after that is the Vuelta. And um, what yeah. about uh, like Eritrea? I only saw four names on there, four and names? I did not see Benny. No. Nope. Interesting. Uh, yeah, four names that maybe, I... Maybe is he doing Velta? I don't know. He kind of got... I mean, it's good to get the hours under his belt for the tour, but he kind of got bullied a lot this tour. Yeah. yeah not, a, not great positioning. He had a fall, too. I right? mean, there was a huge bully in, in Jasper and Alpeson. Fuck. Yeah. Um, did he get hurt? Did he go down, Benny? I, I don't like, remember. No, I don't know. I thought maybe he had like a one spill, but was like, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Could be wrong. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to play. I mean, I guess I kind of called this a game. It's like the newlywed game. You guys ever play the newlywed game? Nobody know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, um, Same. Yeah. I never played it. I've never been on CBS <laughs> in the sixties or whatever when they used to play it. But there, I have put together a, a list of like 10 superlatives from the tour of this. Yeah. Never mind. No, you have to. <laughs> Newlywed game was Chuck Barris, right? Who invented that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Did he, did he invented, um, no, he didn't invent the gong Jeopardy. show. Also. Yeah. The gong show. Oh, yeah, okay. that's right. Yeah. And claimed to be an assassin for the CIA. That's right. Yeah. Claimed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have a list of superlatives here and we, I, I send it out to, to all of us. And I, the idea was for all of us to fill this out and then, sort of see if we agree or disagree on what these superlatives are. Okay. So first one, top of the list, best rider. BSP, who do you have written down for best rider of the tour? This one might be the most easy one or the one that's up for the most debate. Uh, I wrote Sepp Kuss. Wow. wow. What did you write? Hurt the gachar. What? I wrote Jonas. So already, <laughs> already we are not on the same page. Perfect. Perfect. Um, we don't have to say why, but I think I think that is a very interesting answer. I, I thought that was just going to be boring, but now I really like where this is going. Next one, best progression. So take this as you will, but like best progression of a rider. Cal, what'd you put for this one? I didn't go with the rider. I went. Kafitas, Team Kafitas. Wow. Okay. You really throwing yeah, a wrench in the really system interpreted here. the question. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I guess that's how we're doing things. Brian? I wrote... <laughs> Harry. Felix Golf. Hell yeah. So did I. Wow. Felix nice. Golf. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great tour for him. And I feel like that was a good progression. I don't yeah. disagree with the Kofitas thing, but I just, you know, interesting. I wrote down a few bullet points for that one for uh -huh. Felix Golf real quick. Yeah. Uh, is his first... Tour de France. Hell yeah. He's young. He's going for the white jersey as well. He was eighth in GC, second in polka dots, third in white jersey. He won a stage. Who was and second? He's in Austrian. White. <laughs> <laughs> Who? I didn't know he was Austrian. Yeah. I knew that. Who is second in the white jersey this year? Pog was first. Um, Felix Gall was. Oh, Rodriguez. Carlos Rodriguez. Yeah, I think yeah. Rodriguez. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, next up, best team. Best team. Who do we have down? I put Yumbo. Cal? I put, I put Yumbo. Yumbo? I put Yumbo. Hell yeah. Yellow helmets are all around. The best team. Uh, best. Okay, next one, best teammate. Best teammate. Brian, what'd you put for this? Uh, wow, Van Art. Unbelievable. Cal, what did you put? 
Matty Mohoric. Wow, Mohoric is good. I put Sepp Kuss. Wow, okay, so not on the same page at all. Oh, man, that Your reaction, I thought you had Wow. No, Wow um, shouldn't have... Shouldn't have... Copulated with his wife nine months ago. I love you, Wout, but that is a wild decision to me. You are a professional athlete. Yumbo tells you what to eat every single day of your life. And like, uh, I know things happen. I don't, obviously, he can't get into it. All but right, like, th- things happen. Things, things happen. happen. Okay. Um, biggest surprise. <laughs> biggest surprise. Cal, what do you have for biggest surprise of the tour? Victor LeFay, stage two. Victor LeFay, stage two. That's solid. Brian, what do you have for biggest surprise of this year's tour? I didn't. I don't really have a good answer for okay. this one. Okay. Uh, I wrote, which now I'm thinking about it in the moment. It's like, it's not a surprise. Are you embarrassed to it's say it? It's not a surprise. I'm a little bit, but it's more just like a <laughs> pissing me off factor. Uh-huh. Uh, Phillipson winning so many of the sprints. Oh. Almost five stages. He had four stages. Almost tied the tour record. Four stages. Um, I put Kofidis with with not one but two stage wins was the biggest surprise for me. Mm. So similar to yeah. what Cal said. No, I thought but, um, but should put that. Yeah, makes sense. For biggest sure. disappointment. Biggest disappointment of the tour this year. What'd you put for this one, Brian? Um, I, I'm gonna say Paulus losing the polka dots. That is a big disappointment. I that's up there on my list for sure. Cal, what did you have? Peter Sagan. Me too. <laughs> Me too. What what the hell was he even there? Just, pretty uh, pretty great interviews at the I end was of twenty one. I saw more <laughs> videos of him smoking a cigar after yesterday's stage and him and I get it. It's a lot, right? He's done the tour how many times? He is a legend. He wore wore the green jersey six times or something like that. And he's done it, and he's over it. But he was like, "I'm tired, <laughs> dude. Get a break. You at least try to go in the last. Do something, Paris. dude. Help your team race. out, dude. Yeah, like, or at least honor the race in your own career a little bit. Hundred you know? percent. Yeah, very, very disappointed. Um, next one, uh, worst team, worst team of the tour. Who'd you put for this one, Cal? Um, I went with Total Energy for the same oh, reason. Same reason. That's good reason. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Brian? I put Arkea. I put Arkea as well. Huh. Yeah. Did what did they do? None of their riders were smoking cigars on this stage. I didn't I wouldn't even what think they about do? Total Energy. That didn't even cross my mind. Like mm. I forgot they were there. Same. Which is I think this is like a good I like this is maybe my favorite superlative is worst team. Because obviously everyone talks about Yumbo and UAE and then like Bora got a lot of talk because of Jai Hindley and uh Israel Premier Tech did because they were in breaks and Kofidis with their two wins and Alpacin with Jasper. But there were some teams that like Intermarche got talked about because of Benny and, and Louis Menkes and all that stuff. But like what are some other teams that like we didn't really Astana was high and then Cav went out and then mm. so he was sort of yeah. They didn't talk about them much, even though Cease Bowl almost Case Bowl, fucking the names. Uh, he came pretty close in yesterday's sprint, yeah. I think. But um, uh, Archaea yeah. and, and Total Energy, who else didn't DSM. do shit? I mean, Movi- DSM. Yeah, DSM was terrible. Movistar. Movistar. Movistar once yeah. went home. FTJ had a lot of talk, even though they didn't do too too much. Um, I think Gaudu was a fraud, and um, the Pino stuff was great at the end. You know, but. Why do you think he's a fraud? I don't know. I just am not. <laughs> I would not buy in to him. I French cycling needs help. They need help. Mm. Now that Pinot is gone, French cycling needs help. The biggest race in the world is the Tour de France. And who 
Alaphilippe is like on the outs with his team. He is aging. Pino is gone. Gaudu, Roman Bardet, not exciting. They're not going to really compete with even the Remcos and the Gs of the world, right? G being a little bit older, Remco's still not proving himself in these three-week tours. What does French cycling have for a future? What do they have? Mm-hmm. Christophe Laporte isn't the answer to that. You know, what do they have? Yeah, you're right. Victor Lefay? Maybe. I wonder how much. Like, no, <laughs> I don't but disagree no. with you. It's it's, and I don't really care. You know, like you talk about being French Canadian. I'm not French. I don't fucking care if a French do well. But it's interesting to me that a race that is the biggest race in the world that takes place in France that has all these French fans. Who do they root for? They're rooting against Yumbo now, and they're rooting for Pog. They're rooting for Slovenian, which it's is true. Fine, true. but like, where is French cycling? Where is it? We'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> Thank you. Who who do we have to blame here? Patrick Lefebvre? <laughs> He's Belgian. Yeah. True. <laughs> can't blame the can't blame the Dutch. Can't who can we blame? Can't blame the can't blame Belgians. Can't blame the Dutch. Um let's just blame the French. Oh, we don't need to blame anyone. What was the best stage of the tour this year to you? Brian, what did you think? Stage thirteen, the Grand Columbia finish. Oh, that's a good one. Cal, what'd you put? I went stage one. Stage one? Yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. good answer. I put the TT. I don't know what number that was. Solid. Yeah. Um, worst stage? Stage 11. Stage 11. Yeah. This Philipson's like fourth sprint. Oh, okay. Got boxed in. What'd you put? Uh, <laughs> every Philipson win stage. <laughs> <laughs> I put stage four, which I think maybe he also won. But that was just like such a, there was no break and everyone just rode like the full thing was neutralized. Um, but yeah, so we agreed on some things. We didn't agree on some others. I think we all agree that it was a good tour though, right? Definitely. Had a lot of fun talking about it with you guys. Had a lot of fun watching it. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously looking forward to next year. We were already watching a preview of the time trial, the stage tw- 21 time trial. Uh, that will take place next year. Next year does not end on the Champs-Élysées. Wow. Yeah. It ends right. with the time trial from Monaco to uh, to Nice. To Nice, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, the last time they did that was when Greg LeMond won the tour. Against a Frenchman. Yes. Who was the last wow. big French winner? I think Lauren Fignon. Really? Probably, yeah. In the friggin' in 1987? Yeah. To win the GC? Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Wow. They must, I'm just saying they must be like losing a lot of sleep over in France. Must be. But they do have the new Ratatouille ride at Epcot. I went on that recently. Oh, we didn't even talk about it. You want to talk How about it now? It? it was great. Yeah. We did talk about it. We talked about it a lot. We talked about the technology, that it was like Wi-Fi oh and God. Bluetooth. We did. We talked about You're it. right. We did talk about <laughs> it. You're right. That is for my other, other podcast. Um, that Brian and I are starting a theme park podcast where we just watch videos of theme park ride-alongs and break them down, right? Oh, me? Yeah. Thought you meant the other Brian. No. Does he? I don't, yeah, sure. I've I mean, never talked about theme parks with Brian. Maybe. maybe. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Great. Um, does anyone have any closing thoughts, anything else they'd like to say about the tour this year? No. I think we covered it. Hell yeah. Um, I think I'd like to uh, just say some more like honorable mention type stuff. Let's and, go. Like, um. 
just like this isn't a surprise, but like Sepp Koos just being oh, amazing, the best, and like and also Adam Yates being fantastic, and then also True. all of the times that Adam Yates and Simon Yates were in breaks together or doing work together and just yep. making things very nicely cool. bookended, um, and then also like. Um, I'm forgetting right now off the top of my head. Oh, oh, Puy de Dom went with. Uh, oh yeah, who was Mateo that? Jorgensen having oh, a really yep, long yep. solo effort. Yeah, and, and then Michael only, Woods. Yeah, then Michael Woods passing mm-hmm. him, and I don't know, maybe the the last like couple k or one and a half k or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also, um, Bill Bow hitting the guy in the head. That was great, that but was also amazing. winning a stage for Gino. I like how you mentioned the, that one. Uh, Bahrain had a great tour, and then uh, yeah, and then Mahoric. Oh. winning that stage and you know him crying right afterwards amazing and then also the emotional um you know speech he gave after it was just amazing incredible yeah and i feel like that really resonated with a lot of riders i heard pitcock talking about that the next day like how yeah, much that resonated yeah. with him and mm-hmm. to think that someone like Morich suffers from like imposter syndrome essentially which is what we're talking about right like mm-hmm. he feels a lot of the time that he does not deserve to be there this man won milan san remo on one of the most exciting races I've ever watched live in my life. Like, and I hope to bring that to my grave. It was the, the one he used the dropper. And I, I know I've, I, I never shut up about it, but I love it so much. And he crushed that race. And he, that guy is like, oh man, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I should be doing this, you know? And that's real. That even someone as successful and as talented as him is like, doesn't feel comfortable in a way in, in his career or doesn't feel comfortable and confident, you know, and like, you know, that, like that mental health aspect of it, I think is a very important part. Like, um, you talk about teams like Yumbo taking things so seriously, but in the same breath, you know, what they did for Tom DeMoulin Mm -hmm. to like, let him take the year off, maybe even 18 months off because he was struggling with his mental health. And then he came back. And even after he came back, like, he saw two years on his contract, I believe. And he, after a year was like, I don't know if this is going to work for me. He's like, I can, we can just rip up my contract. You don't have to pay me. And I believe they continued to pay him anyway. Like, mm-hmm. so that not that money is like what bought the happiness, but like the financial stability of being able to be confident in your mental health and like talk to these people about it or for like more rich to say what he said and Pidcock to be, I mean, Pidcock's another guy. Pidcock won up to us. You know, yeah. and he had a rough tour. A lot of people were hyping him, myself included. GC Pidcock. I want Pidcock to win a grand tour. I would love to. I, I love everything about him. And he didn't have a great three weeks. And yeah, he's still young and he could still get that under his belt. But does he just become a classics rider? That's something that Cal and I spoke about a little bit yesterday while we were riding. Or does he go for stage wins or is that not up to me or us to put that pressure on him? You know, let Ineos figure that out. And they've got a lot of interesting things to figure out. I think Ineos could be a really interesting team in the future, but they also have a lot of, uh, you know, they've got an eight, eight, essentially an aging superstar and a couple guys that are being transferred. And uh, so, yeah, interesting team. And I don't know. Mental health is important, I guess. It is, yeah. No matter what, cycling and, or not. Yeah, one beautiful thing about bike racing in the tour is that it does bring out those stories a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if Hugo Huell, when he won his tour stage, talked about how he lost his, his brother. brother. Yep. Um, and there's always a lot of emotions, especially the third week of a tour, I think, because everybody's so tired. And, yep. you know, it's, it's just like a long ride. Yeah. It's a real journey. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were times yesterday on our ride where I was like, you know, I wouldn't say like getting emotional like Morich was, but like you're just you're digging deep into a bucket of like all of your feelings and stuff and like what you have in your body. And like, it's easy for, you know, things to come to the surface, I think a little bit, you know? So, yeah. Well, Viva Latour. Thank you guys for doing this with me and, um, see you in a couple weeks for worlds. Remember last year we watched worlds live. Yeah. We didn't want to do that again. Oh, I, I think we might be able to a little better this year because the time zones. Yeah. Last year was in Australia. Yeah. What were you saying? Oh shit. Uh, I was going to say that I, I think that the first podcast I edited was of you guys watching Worlds Live. Oh, mm. well, Maybe. that was in October last year. This year it's in August. Yeah. So we'll be back for that soon. And um, yeah, thanks again. Thank you all for watching and listening and uh, catch you on the next one. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Decaf left, regular right. Decaf left, regular right. It's very challenging work. <laughs>